0: Hey there, we're Those Sci-Fi Guys, and this is that Those Sci-Fi Guys show, just two working dudes with way different jobs, different lives, but a lot of love for science fiction and the fun that comes with. We're your hosts, I'm P.S. McKay, coming to you from creative bankruptcy, and I hope that you have my lack of witty intro forgiven.
1: Well, and I'm D.T. Caveman, and I've been used to your lack of wit.
0: <laughs> my creative bankruptcy, there it is. all right for those who uh who have been tuning in which at this point we're kind of like bankrolling episodes at this point before we actually go live to everyone but um at this point we'll be showing the video of what we're doing dt you've got an interesting piece of headwear on uh tell us about it why what's a special occasion
1: Uh, Well, the special occasion was I just decided I wanted to wear this particular one as we discussed this particular uh, topic today, but this is uh, a hat I wore when assigned to uh, an armored cavalry unit uh, several years ago. Um, It does not reflect, uh, you know, towards the the end of my career. It was more of a middle of my career stop, but it was very cool.
0: but why? Why are we wearing... What is the occasion?
1: I'll get to that.
0: Oh, goddammit. <laughs> this is slow burn. This is not a slow burn podcast. you know what happened last time? Goddammit. it! <laughs>
1: stream of consciousness happened last time. Well, like I said, I mean... Uh, the only cowboy hat I have is black, which just I didn't think fit. Uh, the brown is a little bit more the shade that... Uh, protagonist of the series we're going to discuss uh today
0: and let me say that of all the topics we plan on discussing i have not done more research than i have for this one and let me tell you i've got thoughts
1: well good and uh, <laughs> i i did some rewatching today the last two last couple of days too <laughs> and I, it, all it did is serve to remind me just how much I love this series. Today we're going to be discussing the late, great, uh, one-time shot from Fox from 1993-94, The Adventures of Briscoe County, Jr., a sci-fi western comedy with hints Boy, of steampunk, uh, weird west, as well as uh, just just a lot of fun. Uh, and, of course, there's definitely a lot of dated 90s references, uh, but I can definitely say it's one of my favorite TV shows of all time. And, yes, it only lasted one year. And, yes, I really only started seeing it in syndicated reruns, yes. uh, mostly because it was like one of those Friday night, you know, late night I think they put it on after the X-Files at one point. They
0: did. I wanted to talk about that because the, that, that dovetails into my memories of this show. Um, all I got to say, though, is DT. At this point, I think the audience has a good idea of your kind of humor. And my God, <laughs> this show has you written all over it. That, With that's... The, the campy humor and, <laughs> and those stupidly <laughs> awesome one-liners that are fantastic. They're so good. They make you cringe. And then after you cringe, you laugh because you just can't help yourself because it's so – its wow. Like... Well, a, l-
1: a lot of the humor is very meta. <laughs> – they, they're definitely a couple of fourth-wall breaks where, you know, people kind of turn and look at the camera a little uh, – <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, just, I, just, I, uh, I thought we ordered a no smoking room
1: <laughs> Oh yeah, there's a lot of these classic oh. like, bad they're almost like bad action star puns or like mm-hmm. something you'd hear from like Lenny Briscoe oh, in a straight old out episode of, of Law and Order
0: Straight out of Army of Darkness, man I mean, that is well, the quintessential queen of it all
1: Well, of but, course, because Bruce Campbell is the star of this show. Both mm-hmm. and to me, and I love Bruce Campbell. Uh for those of you who've probably heard me mention before, Bruce Campbell is one of my all time favorites. <laughs> the King of the B movie actors. Uh as is hysterical. He he pokes fun at himself. Uh but he's done some great roles, you know, more like Sam Axe on Burn Notice was a great role. It was less camp than he had been doing recently. Uh, but he's he's been in a ton of uh, movies on sci fi, which were, you know, basically vehicles for him just to be Bruce Campbell in a different setting or the legendary sci fi horror comedy trilogy. Well, the, the, he was, of course, kind of became famous from the Evil Dead. Uh, trilogy oh, and of course,
0: that, that was his that was a springboard
1: right and army of darkness is is not only it it, it, it you know evil dead was a straight-up horror movie and it was a pretty good one despite you know having like a five dollar budget um so it's legitimately scary the second evil dead 2 starts getting into some of the the weird horror comedy and which then,
0: Evil Dead Two is like a remake of Evil Dead, but it's not like a
1: remake, reboot, sequel, all reimagining,
0: kind of sequel. Exactly. Like it's not even a sequel; it's just a reimagining.
1: And I learned that Stephen King was a big fan of the Evil Dead, and he's one of the reasons the sequel got made, which is oh. absolutely fantastic. Um, but you know, then you dovetail into Army of Darkness, which kind of goes straight off the rails. It's not truly. A, it's a little. It's more horror, comedy, sci-fi, fantasy, all wrapped into one. And it, it, Bruce goes on to have some of the best quips ever written for a cheesy. Give me movie. some
0: sugar, baby. Or listen up, you friend, he,
1: This <laughs> is my boomstick.
0: My boomstick. Or he makes a mechanical hand out of twelfth-century technology, and he launched. And he's able to control it. Locks it in and he goes <laughs> groovy. <laughs> I'm yes. like, well, okay, like I gotta did, ask.
1: Much like he did when he cut off the uh, the barrel of his chainsaw in Evil Dead Two, or yes. the, the barrel of his shotgun. So,
0: so I gotta be honest. I saw Evil Dead. I saw Army of Darkness. I have not seen Evil Dead Two, but that's that's not that's not too material to the conversation. Before we go into Briscoe County Jr., this is still mm-hmm. related. When did you first see Army of Darkness?
1: Oh, geez. I think I saw...
0: And what were the circumstances?
1: So I remember seeing the movie poster for Army of Darkness at the old um, Union Theater.
0: Right. It came out in
1: 93. Right. Um, So...
0: Wait, where was the Union Theater? It was the one uh,
1: by the train station.
0: That was in downtown um, Brockton, right? No, it
1: was in downtown A-Town, man, right in the middle of downtown it was right by the train oh.
0: station oh a borough that's right no no that'll be too obvious attleboro b right gotcha <laughs> He's nuts. He's nuts. <laughs> so
1: but i think the first time i ever saw it was like i think late night on usa you know when they would do or tnt by because the, they used to do like friday night frights or something yep. like that how you old know, were people, you oh i probably wasn't uh you know maybe the next year i was probably like 14 or something like that
0: 14 when you saw it okay Okay. which would have
1: which made sense you know because it came out in 93 so i mean it was i i remember seeing it on tv thought it was bizarre and hilarious and then a, a roommate of mine in college was a huge evil dead fan and every halloween he and i would do the trilogy we'd watch the trilogy we'd have people come over have beers uh you know Kind of as a pre-game before we go do something. But yeah, an army of darkness was always the the crowning achievement. That was definitely mm-hmm. great to watch when you've had a few. <laughs> <laughs> and I so. have I have since watched it overseas. Uh, and of course it's one of those that if it's on TV, it's a remote drop for me. If as I'm long as my kid bad. is in the room.
0: If I'm bad, why do I feel so good? <laughs> God damn it so i was introduced to army of darkness when i was 18 years old ah. showed up on usa on one of the ah, few of cable course. stations that i got in my small rhode island hamlet town that right. i moved to after after living in uh um <laughs> You're terrible i am terrible indeed um and I remember sitting there watching this. It's like it's it's like midnight on a Saturday night or something. Yeah, of that's right. I partied hard at eighteen. So <laughs>
1: Try not to dig yourself too deep
0: a hole. Oh, all the holes I dug. Um so, know, I remember watching it, I'm going like, okay, this, this has scary elements to it. I didn't know what I was watching. I had right. no idea. I'm like, I'm sitting here, this wants to be a horror movie, and it's got jump scares. It's got scary elements, like the, 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 the oh, yeah. camera movement, like through the forest and through, you know, the, 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 the wildlife. That was scary. And it was genuinely scary. It was meant to be that way. And then right. and then I see Ash go, This is my boob stick. Like I'm like, What and then I get groovy. And then he goes to, to his love interest, going, Give me some sugar baby. And I'm sitting here like, I how am I supposed to interpret this movie?
1: Well, just be careful before we turn this into a an Army of Darkness episode, which I am not opposed to in the future. No, uh, but it's going... a hilarious one. <laughs>
0: It is a hilarious movie. It is, it, and I was. You just gotta get this, to
1: the right mindset. You don't need a mindset. In fact, you just you need don't to know like, what you're
0: watching.
1: Oh, I didn't the first time I saw it, and that's I think what appealed to me. I it it hit multiple genres. You know, it's so weird. It's so funny. It's so bad at the same time. It, it's, it's, it's it's terrible and awesome at the same time. And I think that's what they kind of went through. They kind of once once they got the, the go ahead for Army of Darkness, I think Ramey and Bruce Campbell were like, let's see how far we can push this envelope.
0: Let's push it. Yeah. And no, you're so right.
1: it was great. Um, and, you know, I think and I'd have to go back and double check my research. But Briscoe County came out about a year after Army of Darkness. It did. And, and a couple of the things he did in Army of Darkness and Evil Dead Led him to his auditions, the where he actually because that was him doing the standing flip where he kind of throws himself over when he's fighting himself. Yes, yes. He actually can do that for real, and then they asked him to do that in the uh, in the audition for for mm-hmm. Frisco, and of course they asked, "Well, can you ride a horse?" He's like, "Well, little, I rode it in this movie, you know." So that was one of the things that got <laughs> him hooked. You know, that actually got him the job was Army of Darkness. So there is a connection there.
0: There is. That's why I wanted to expound a little bit. So that being said, in the last episode, you told me to bone up on four specific episodes. I did. Which which I uh, dutifully watched all four as a good boy. So the first one was No Man's Land, which I've got extensive notes on. Good. Second one is Briscoe for the defense, which I have zero notes on because it started playing tips. too late. And um, don't worry about it. I've got know. notes. Uh, Bounty Hunter Convention, which I've got a few notes on. <laughs> um, and Please then tell me the you last one, Hard Rock. The Hard Rock, which you, which you seem to really want me to watch, and I'm sitting here going, "Okay, there's one reason why he made him. He wanted me to watch it." I'm pretty sure, but I'm not, I'm not that, I'm not that jazzed about it, which I'm pretty sure is the whole reason why he wanted me to watch it. So (laughs) let's save that one for last so we can confront each other, but let's start with No Man's Land.
1: Well, before we do that, let's just do a quick once over just to make sure that everybody that everybody's following us. Okay, so the adventures of Briscoe County Jr. as I mentioned, it's kind of a, a mishmash. It was set up as a western. It's supposed to take place hundred years in the past from eighteen
0: ninety three. Eighteen
1: ninety-three, because it came out in nineteen ninety-three. Uh, or ninety-four. So uh, it was ninety
0: three, yeah.
1: Right. So and they debuted it with like this two hour pilot movie, kind of like
0: really well done, actually.
1: Yeah. Um, they, they were going for this kind of pulp background because, you know, anytime we come back to commercials that they would, they, they would come back from the commercial as a new chapter and they would actually say chapter uh, one and each one had this cheesy title that had something to do with what was about to happen. And so basically it follows Bruce Campbell as Briscoe County Junior, the son of a famous marshal. Who in both the pilot and in uh, I think one other episode is actually played by the late great Arlie Ermy.
0: I had uh, like, no idea gonna, when I was watching that it didn't look like him at all.
1: Well, because he had the big droopy mustache, droopy his cowboy garb. Mud- but he looked, he looked like what? Whole, who
0: was the guy that was in Big Lebowski? That 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 Sam Elliott. Yeah, Sam Elliott. He looked like Sam Elliott.
1: Uh, like, I, I'm pretty I'm, they might have asked Sam, but Sam was probably going to say, No, I'm going to kill all these dudes. So.
0: <laughs> oh, and Arlie Ermey was not? <laughs> Arlie sure. Ermey had standards too. He had, a, he he had an interesting um, life.
1: So, ba- <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. So basically, the, the whole plot of the series gets kicked off within the first about 10 minutes of the pilot, where Briscoe County, or Briscoe County Senior. Has finally caught up with the legendary outlaw John Bly and his, his uh, most senior gang members. So they're on train. They're on a train heading for court, or uh, you know, to be prosecuted. And then they
0: um, the train the gets, train gets
1: derailed. Uh, yeah. And by uh, other members, uh, lower level members of his gang, who then drop. Uh, by the way. The, this is also your introduction to the hilariously bizarre Pete Hutter, who will be brought up later. Uh, but they get Bly and his gang get the weapons, and when Briscoe Senior tries to go and and make sure everybody's squared away, he gets murdered. And so it's this whole big thing, and you know they occasionally do the the this twirling newspaper with the headlines and. So, Briscoe County Jr. is introduced as Bruce Campbell. He's a mm-hmm. bounty hunter now, but he had been a Harvard-educated lawyer. Uh, so, uh, repping Massachusetts. Uh, but uh, so he's Massachusetts. kind of just... He's kind Shameless. of just, Right. I'm a,
0: so, I'm a Rhode Island boy myself, but whatever. Yeah. So, we
1: kind of... you You get introduced to him, and he looks a little scruffy. You're kind of not sure what to make of them at first, but. Uh, basically, the the the. Weaving plot throughout the majority of the. the Well, the series, the season is uh, Briscoe County Junior being. Employed by the Westerfield Club, which is a group of quote unquote robber barons, uh, big magnates of. Um, industry. Uh, railroads, cattle, shipping, and there's a whole bunch of them. So it, it, they, they're, they're centered in San Francisco and they hire Briscoe to go track down John Bly and his gang who have been interfering with their ability to make business and make tons of money. And, this is, and Briscoe is hired to track down his father's killer. Uh, and you are introduced with Briscoe's kind of point man, this nerdy guy, Socrates Poole. Played Socrates. by played to perfection
2: mm-hmm. by
1: the great Christian Clemenson. Okay, who many people probably would know for his stint on Boston Legal, but you know. And then, in addition to as as uh, Briscoe tries to track down members of John Bly's gang, there's a rival bounty hunter, Lord Boulder, again mm. played by another great, unfortunately late
0: I was uh, say.
1: Julius Carey.
0: Oh, my God, a lost treasure. He is
1: definitely hysterical. Lost treasure. Oh, yeah, he was great as a rival bounty hunter. Um, And, you know, there's a a handful of recurring characters, two more of which uh, you meet in the pilot movie. Uh, Briscoe's on-again, off-again love interest, Dixie Cousins, a saloon girl... Uh, singer performer who has kind of gets she when you first meet her she's involved with members of Bly's gang and she kind of gets herself in and out of trouble being involved with members of Bly's gang but she she a lot of times ends up helping Briscoe out and she's played to bombshell perfection by the by Kelly Rutherford and she she kills it um, and then of course you also get the legendary John Aston as the recurring Professor Albert Wickwire who really kinda of adds
0: <laughs> Gomez the, Adams. <laughs> Gomez
1: Adams himself.
0: <laughs> I probably love
1: dozen episodes. But
0: and, and, and he, he doesn't act. He's just Gomez. Or he's himself. Like he never acted when he was in the Adams family either. He's just him.
2: <laughs> yeah, the working.
0: greater, greater than life, just oh, yeah. adding that charisma to 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 the scene. I freaking love John Asson. He's still alive and kicking, man. It is
1: and you know what's interesting is the kind of in addition to this western, you know, tracking down the outlaws, which of course very traditional westerns, but it adds some sci-fi elements, uh, some of which you don't get without john asked professor wickwire who's it this is where you get into kind of the steampunk thing where yep briscoe is is a is an ideal idealist always looking into the 20th century he talks about it all the time what's the coming thing and yeah. so you get all of these
0: he references. knows that he's in a time of change and he's anticipating right. that he's not right. living in the now he's like we're already in the past at this point like right. what's it what's ahead
1: yeah so you get him who's looking to the future and then he meets professor wickwire who's always working on a lot of these things are anachronistic um these sometimes he this guy's inventing things that probably wouldn't have been invented for 50 years so it's it's got that steampunk vibe yeah
0: yeah but and they they invent something uh conceptually that won't be invented for another 50 years but they call it by something else but we all know what it really was um yeah
1: yeah A lot of meta humor that comes with that, a lot of jokes about what something is or a lot of hints that, oh, maybe this is how this was invented and this is why this got this name. Mm -hmm. And you get all these hilarious references. Uh, The funny thing about this cast is that you really only have four main cast members when you even look at the credits. You have Bruce Campbell as Briscoe County Junior. You have Mm -hmm. Julius Carey as Lord Bowler. You have Christian Clemenson as uh, Socrates, Socrates pool. And then and this is another reason why you must love this show. The fourth member who's actually accredited cast member is Briscoe's horse, Comet, Comet. Who, gets his, who gets his own title. And, and if, Briscoe, you don't,
0: if you don't believe it, it's on IMDb, the, the first top four <laughs> Comet's number four on the listed cast. casts.
1: <laughs> and to be honest with you, Comet saves the day almost as much as anybody else in the series.
0: He is a character.
1: He oh, he, he, talks Brisco. Character. Right. Mm-hmm. he talks to Briscoe. Right. He talks to Briscoe. Of course, it's not a talking horse like Mr. Ed, But Briscoe seems to understand. It. It's almost like him talking with Chewbacca. But yep. he's maybe more like R2-D2 now that I think about it. Because he's way more of a smartass. Com- Comet's, yeah. Comet's a bit salty.
0: Yes. You're right. You're right. I'll take that. Addition, I'll take that. In
1: addition to that, you have another late but great character actor, Billy Drago as the villainous, deliciously campy, but in some ways very at times terrifying villain John Bly, who and this is where you get some more sci-fi is from the future and is trying to I didn't to know find-
0: that. Some
1: bitch. A- yes. I have not seen enough episodes watch, to
0: know you that. I watched
1: the whole series and I won't Try to spoil too much because it sounds like you might be interested in watching more. But John Bly is, is from the future, and the orbs. If you've seen the pilot, you know about the. Orbs. Oh
0: yeah, I know the orbs with the spikes that gave the Chinese right. uh, the Chinese uh, laborers a uh, yes,
1: chance to free themselves.
0: Uh, yep, yep. It's
1: kind of in some ways it it kind of acts like the serum from Captain America. It turns good great it turns bad worse which you see in the pilot so well
0: as as what any power would do for anyone right yeah who who has a genuine lean
1: exactly. um
0: so so, so that this, being said i think that's a good is summary kind of a
1: running thing throughout it too and i think, where it, gets, it, come I think
0: it gets resolved halfway through
1: Right, I think around because uh, and this is weird because it was a twenty-seven episode season. It was a yeah. very a lot of episodes, which is
0: great. It's a considering. lot of episodes for nineteen
1: ninety-three. Well, I mean, and usually you'd get some, you know, anywhere from like twenty-three to like twenty-six episodes.
0: Twenty-six was the standard. Twenty-seven, twenty-nine—that's a lot.
1: Right. So like you IMDb get that. is
0: listing twenty-nine.
1: Yeah, they might be counting the movie as a separate you know but they had um they, they were pushing 30 you know hours of television to watch and it was mm-hmm. and I'll say and I won't lie I enjoyed the hell out of it my first tour in Iraq I actually it, it just came out on DVD and I had it mailed to me in Iraq and I definitely binge watched Briscoe and it it is definitely as I said it's a favorite anytime I deploy somewhere and I have a small box of DVDs that comes mm-hmm. with me that's always one because it always it's brightens a fun my mood. escape it really is it's it a is great hilarious. escape
0: i gotta say i, I mean <sighs> okay so dive in
1: let's let's go into let's go into no man's land
0: all right so no man's land which is uh episode three, four Hold on. it is no it's not uh, no it's episode three well technically episode could be episode 4 technically. Right. Episode the... episode 3 the very beginning. Mm-hmm. Briscoe ends up uh in is a, a taking down
1: the Swill brothers.
0: The Swill brothers, a uh, Bill, Gil, Will, and, and Phil, Phil. <laughs> Swill. Yeah. Um he gets he oh, shoot what happened? He got he got his head knocked And he ended up. Oh, he fell uh, down a cliff.
1: Right. These guys had ambushed him when he was a young kid working with his dad. And he got shot by them and they left him for dead. So he's kind of tracked them down over the couple of years, you know, on and off. And now he's hot on their tail. They're out on a rampage, uh, tearing up towns in the West. And Briscoe's hot on their trail. It's him tracking down three of the brothers. Phil, Bill, and Will, yeah, Phil, Bill, and Will swill. <laughs> of course, it goes sideways when Gil shows up and ambushes Briscoe. Um, my God, these guys are so hilarious. Gil's the only one with half a half a brain, uh, but you get in this. <laughs> so Briscoe. Falls down this hill when he's trying to avoid being killed by the Swill brothers, and you know he falls off his horse, falls down this hill, kind of lands on this railroad track. Yeah, they're out in the, railroad the prairie, track. Yep. prairie. The the Swills leave him, and they're gonna go. In, they want to hide out in their ghost town leave old them. hideout, to, waiting for their cousin Ed, who by the way has stolen a prototype tank. <laughs>
0: From, yes, from yeah. the
1: army, and a <laughs> with the tr- with spot. tracks, right? And <laughs> definitely not like like the first tanks that came out in World War One. This definitely kind of looks like a hybrid between the World War the the, the interwar year tanks between World War One and World War Two. Um, still hilarious though, and yeah. then the the with Briscoe hot on the heels of the Swill brothers. The side plot, the B plot, is Pool then hires Boulder to track down the tank for the army. Right. And so he's because I guess it was actually designed by whoever, one of the in, industrialists in the Westerfield Club, yep. Robert Barron. So he goes to track it down for a handsome a ride, and of course he can't stop it, and so at yeah. some point. He's like, this kind would be the plot.
0: easiest $3,000 I ever make. And he gets right. on top, he can't open the hatch, he tries to shoot through it, it's right. all armored, and he just falls down.
1: And exactly. then he's like,
0: oh, great, okay, fine. And in the meantime... Well,
1: Briscoe, who's lying half stupid on this railroad <laughs> track, is actually run over by none other than Professor Wickwire riding Gomez. a rocket on a rail car. And he's going to tour the country selling rides to show off mm-hmm. his inventions he almost runs briscoe over if it wasn't for of course Comet saving
0: his life mm-hmm. so but but Wickwire briscoe's stops. got his spell wrong right so
1: Wickwire and comet take briscoe and they find this town that's kind of off the map and they w- call it no right in land. called no man's land and they start looking around and they realize there are no men so this is actually it's all a, women it was an old ghost town that was fixed up by a group of women who were trying to escape really lousy things going on because, of course, women had no rights to vote. They had, you know, they were basically in some ways not much more than property at times. Not mm-hmm. a, And now you have a, a little society growing up of all women. One's the sheriff. They're owning bars. You know, they all own businesses. One's a doctor because, oh, by the way, the doctor, Dr. Quintano, medicine yeah. woman. <laughs> Natasha, yeah. I caught that. Mad. It's meta because at the time, Dr. Quinn Medicine Woman was a very popular
0: show. Oh, my God. And that show was going on until at least 2000. Right. Um,
1: And here's where, because there's a lot of, and and when you get sci-fi, there's a lot of, there's there's a lot of Trek love in Briscoe. Because the sheriff of the town is played by Tasha Yar herself, Denise Crosby. Denise
0: Crosby, yeah.
1: In a pretty and decent role, too. She,
0: I was just going to say, she played it well. She played it exactly how she was supposed to play it. I was convinced, and she wasn't doing it tongue-in-cheek either. She played it the way she was supposed to do it, which which I, I, I liked. Um, yeah.
1: And uh, so, unfortunately, this is the old ghost town that used to be the hideout for the swills. <laughs> so, of course, it all comes to habit, you know... Oler rides in and tries to warn everybody, but the Swills have already beaten them there, and mm-hmm. now they're running amok, and they're waiting for their cousin, Ed, who, by the way, married his own mother. Yes, if this isn't proof, the Swills inbreed, which is <laughs> which is no, which is told quite a lot, and two of the Swill brothers were veteran Star Trek actors as well. Uh, so it's pretty damn Go funny. on,
0: volunteer that information, because I didn't know that.
1: Well, I, like I said, I've watched this series several times. But the, the whole thing comes down to the end where Briscoe. Bowers- all right,
0: well, r- r- all right, hold on. Rules need to be said. The The town had a rule, no guns. No guns, right. And the sheriff took the guns and confiscated them. Right. And then and then when the swools came in. They can't defend themselves. They couldn't defend themselves, which is an interesting thing. Which I found interesting and a little weird. Was because as soon as the Swills came in, the women were needing immediate help from Briscoe and Lord Bowler. And I found that counterintuitive to what the message wow. was. It, yeah. And, it, no, there, there's a, and I'm not it, criticizing it, yeah. it in a sense because I know what they were going for. And they just kind of like... Missed that arc just a little bit.
1: Yeah, well, it was 1993, um, so you know it's it's definitely. I'm not excusing the lack of follow through, but it was <laughs> it could have gone farther. But actually, I think some of the the people who really helped uh, save that for my some of my favorites from that episode is the Schwenke sisters.
0: The Schwenke sisters. By the way, I quoted here. The professor, Professor Gomez-Adams, goes, I'm staying with the Schwenke sisters. They're blacksmiths, and they're interested in my rocket. And at that point, Briscoe goes, <laughs> Brisco goes. pace yourself. <laughs> yeah. There were a lot of puns like that in this episode, too. There
1: normally are, but this one's quite heavy. And, of course, Let's... if you see the episode, these two are... are... Very beautiful, but very large, muscular, obviously looks like female bodybuilders mm-hmm. who are German. And they're both blacksmiths. And they they show up they, in a later episode, by the way. Oh, OK. Well, so they some were some
0: intimidating individuals, individuals. So. <laughs> so
1: quite, but the, the best part. And, but the women did not hide from the fight. They were out shooting. In they the were ready people. to
0: fight. No, absolutely. So, and. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I've got so many ideas. I got so, many, so, I got so know, many notes. Frisco show, so he does
1: have to be involved in some way, I guess.
0: Right. So I got some thematic thoughts about this episode.
1: Please, please let me know, my good man.
0: So the first one was the reverse chastity belt idea. Okay.
2: Mm-hmm. So you know
0: what chastity belt is for?
2: It's yeah. An
0: iron belt to prevent to prevent a woman from losing quote unquote mm-hmm. her virtue or I.E. like horrible things happening to her. Um, Anyway, it was kind of the opposite. Women were fighting the iron tank that was coming towards them. This this iron phallus. This iron phallus was coming towards them. And by the way, by the way, it took another iron phallus where they were wagging at each other at the very end to defeat each other.
1: I think you might be reading too far into no, that, No,
0: I was not. I was not. I was not. No, they were literally wagging at each other, and then they exploded well, on each other. It definitely was a
1: dick measuring contest.
0: It was, and then they exploded on each other, which, by the way, what does that mean?
1: Like- <laughs> well, it was filmed in California, so I'm assuming it was being progressive.
0: Oh, my God. Uh, I just found that very interesting. Like, I mean, it was it was it couldn't have been helped. The observation.
1: I think it was one so, of the last TV series to be filmed on the 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 old back lot Western lots.
0: I've been to that Western lot a few times, and it looks completely different from how from how it did in the show. Um, it's sure a lot other- smaller now because westerns aren't as much. They're not in as much demand, and. What what Universal does is they actually go up to further north, uh, to to Simi Valley, not to Simi Valley, to to uh, Santa Clarita, uh, to to film um, over there at their their lot over there. So for westerns, that is. Well, it's but better than
1: filming outside Tucson and calling it Kansas,
0: right? Which, uh, well. <laughs>
1: which I definitely. Well, I rewatched the uh, the the old series, The Young Riders, this summer, and of course, I'm like, that looks nothing like Kansas. I spent three years in Kansas. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: So. But, but yeah, my
0: my point is, I recognize that mountain behind the town, which is in every single major huh. Hollywood production, including Robin Hood Men in Tights. Ah, so one of
1: my faves. <laughs> That's another great one. Mel Brooks, always good.
0: Yes. So. Um, anyway, I still I still uh, so my ending thought was it still needed two d's wagging at each other in order to protect the women. Uh, which,
1: well still.
0: <laughs> and then they explode upon each other. So next is Briscoe for the defense. I have no notes for this. I remember this where Briscoe's friend is framed for murder. Or quote right. unquote frame for murder. His, and he wants Briscoe to friend. defend him, his college friend. And, and Briscoe's like, I am not a lawyer. I'm I'm not practicing and stuff. And and he fought he fought defending his friend all the way. But because of Briscoe's ingenuity Oh my god, I'm about to sneeze, uh, truth be told.
1: Well, because of Briscoe's ingenuity, they find their way out. Basically he's framed yeah. for the murder of his benefactor um, who was this crusty old, uh, you know, guy, who, the old Western trope, the 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 lead citizen of a town who kind of owns and runs the town. Yep. That kind of douchebag that's in a lot of Westerns. But he, hi- he he basically hired this guy who's a doctor, Frisco's friend Matt, I believe, to go in and, and basically to help him find a cure for whatever was killing him. So he was dying of cancer or something like that. Um, and so, but... The guy, of course, like many villains of a show, like has a much younger, hotter wife who falls in love with the young yes, doctor. That's right. And of course, at, this guy knows he's going to die. And basically, what it boils down to, the, the gist of the episode is the guy is like dropping revenge on his way into the grave on everybody in town because he's burning everything on the way out. But. Is, is, Matt is framed for murder And he asks Briscoe to come defend him And then Socrates Shows up to help Briscoe Defend him And I love how they figured out the ending Because it, it actually You're starting to see the beginning of Forensics And it was not overly anachronistic because No
0: It was it well was, done for the time
1: It was because of stuff that was written at the time
0: mm-hmm. You're absolutely right and, and at that point, at that point, have you, I don't know if you've seen the FBI's like uh, fingerprint files in the nineteen forties, but it was a huge warehouse staffed by at least three hundred people,
1: top men,
0: top men, a huge warehouse, not but active warehouse, like an active like office warehouse, like a like a library catalog, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Like, that was in the 40s. You don't build that in 10 years. You build that over the course of s- several 10 years.
1: Well, and don't forget, the FBI really didn't become a big thing until the 30s.
0: True. So. But the point is, like, people were were beginning to realize. Yeah. And they were using real science at the time for that episode. It wasn't, like, futuristic stuff.
1: No, it was probably the least uh, one of one of the least um, steampunky anachronistic things uh, episodes mm-hmm. uh, because they really did use uh, they they drew, drew attention to a book uh, a, a real life uh, English uh, I think doctor who figured out fingerprints and that's what it was they 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 proved with fingerprints
2: mm-hmm.
1: that the guy what, you know that Briscoe's friend wasn't murdered or didn't yes. murder him. The guy killed himself to frame the other guy. Yep. So, uh, to be honest with you, I thought it was great. I thought it was a pretty good one. It was a little bit more of a smart episode. Yeah, it was a smart episode. It was a bit of a, it was a mystery, um, kind of a little bit of Western courtroom drama. Uh, mm-hmm. with, had some had some good humor.
0: I would say it would be a Law and Order episode, really.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> uh, uh, let, let's be Non-order honest.
1: Order, God, city.
0: Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's what exactly it was. I, mean, you know, so, Top so
1: they're the same guy, basically.
0: Yeah, <laughs> and I, I enjoyed it. I, I, I liked that episode. I, I didn't have notes on it because I was tired, but I, I liked it. I remembered it. Um, funniest
1: parts were the the, the, the hostility from the judge, who was just
0: hilarious. Yes. Yes. Well, they got some good. They got some good stuff out of him.
1: <laughs> Did you Go to law school. Uh, yeah, Harvard. It'll do.
0: <laughs> It'll do. It'll do.
1: <laughs> All right, we're fail. in the
0: saloon now. It's a deli,
1: cafe. It's always <laughs> it's a ca-
0: cafe. No, it's a cafe. Yeah, I will right. clear
1: this saloon, cafe.
0: So yeah, a,
1: always, <laughs> a school always has like a background guy who yells stupid shit. Yeah. Yeah, in every, almost every episode. There's some yeah. great episodes. Um, you know, th- 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 actually, if you watch the whole series, uh, you'll see that kind of like how Marvel um, has different themes for a lot of movies, like Ant-Man and Infinity War, where were basically heist movies, and then you have you know the spy thriller feel of you know Winter Soldier, and then you kind of have the almost straight-up comedy of, like, Guardians and stuff like that.
0: Well, so, uh, you know, but. what you're talking about is a television show. Mm. And, and, and it's actually Marvel that has changed the movie industry into turning fran- movie franchises into long TV shows.
1: Well, it, it was. It's basically, it's a TV.
0: <laughs> I mean, but but that's never been done before on the movie scale. Right. But on a TV scale, that's, that's, that's what we're used to. That's what we know. Exactly.
1: But, but you get to see a lot of different kind of genres come out from uh, – there's a pirate
0: episode. Oh, shit.
1: <laughs> all, all pirates. And one of, one of John Bly's gang was a former Caribbean pirate who gets kicked off the high seas and is riding around in an armored stagecoach. Mm. And he's so narcissistic. He has a guy who sketches everything, who, by the way, is played by Galron himself, Robert O'Reilly.
0: Well, oh, Ro- Okay. 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 So let's bring us to the bounty hunter convention,
1: which is a. Speaking of Galron,
0: we got oh. Martok himself as oh. Mister Hayes. <laughs> I love J.G. Hertzler. He's one of my favorites
1: from Star Trek recurring actors. If he. I'm a little disappointed when I rewatched that he didn't end up yelling about vintages of wine like Mark Tuck would
0: do. Oh, well, I mean, he was barely in the episode. He was at the very beginning. I know. So what, I know. So what we have here is like a bunch of bounty. So this is this is the bounty hunter convention and a bunch of and Briscoe and, and Lord, Lord Bowler and a bunch of other bounty hunters are invited to this island for a weekend getaway. Not romantic, mind you, but to compare and contrast notes on how best to capture criminals. Mm-hmm. And at the the very first scene of them, you know, checking in, some uh, one of the, one of the more jerkish bounty hunters cuts in front of uh, Briscoe while checking in, gets Briscoe's room, and we see a bomb being planted in Briscoe's room.
1: Yep, another <clears throat> who's then, done it kind of like. Uh...
0: Well, it was it Indians,
1: was, kind of thing.
0: It, yeah, it was 10 Little Indians by Agatha Christie. I mean, that's what they're basing it off of. Um, so it was a fun little whodunit, and people are dying along the way. <clears throat> I don't know if we want to give away who it was. I don't even well, remember. Well, we did thing is, see them.
1: If you <coughs> watch the whole series, a couple of those bounty hunters show up in a couple other episodes, uh, particularly the episode Crystal Hawks. Which is basically Briscoe is framed and all the other bounty hunters are after him in that episode, and a few of them are in both. So it's okay, it's, it's a neat episode. Plus the the <laughs> there's a female bounty hunter played by Sheena Easton.
0: So, oh, she, wow, Sheena Easton really?
1: Yeah, The Sheena
0: Easton.
1: You Sheena Easton there's another episode <laughs> that's like kind of like Murder on the Orient Express. Yeah, Frisco's escorting a, a prisoner, but there's an assassin out after this prisoner, and they're all on this long haul, um, long haul uh, uh, stagecoach. And so you mm-hmm. see a bunch of, you know, people. Who's the murderer? Who's after this person? And one of the guest stars of that is Doctor Timothy Leary. So <laughs> I mean, they, they actually pulled in some pretty interesting guest stars. In addition to, um, you know, some of the the great character actors of the 90s, 80s, 90s, early 2000s, you you'll watch some of those. And you're like, oh, I've seen that guy in a bunch of stuff. But, um, you know, you got uh, Billy Drago as like the main villain of the series, John Bly. And, of course, he was one of the bad. He was like the assassin in the Untouchables with Costner and Connery. Oh, man. Um, so you've you've got some you've got some heavyweights. You know, you've got uh, MC Gainey as Big Smith, <laughs> who's a who's a bad guy in just about everything. You know, uh, you, I, I can't speak enough about how many great characters. Of course, and one of the most legendary character actors is James Hong. James Hong. Yeah, James Hong. He's like you was it, he's an he's an older Asian man. Did you ever see oh my the,
0: God. It the was Seinfeld
1: a, episode, the restaurant, the Chinese oh restaurant? Oh, my God. He's, he's in baby.
0: everything. He's like, yes. he's the every Asian guy.
1: Right. He was in like, Nash, at least
0: At least in the, the late 80s and early 90s. He was yeah. the every Asian guy.
1: Right. Uh, and, of course, he's great. He's hilarious. His timing is excellent. He's in, like, three episodes. It's kind of He was a friend of Briscoe's father. Because, of course, Briscoe's got a destiny. He's almost like... Uh,
0: that's right. Luke wasn't Skywalker. he in the first? Uh, wasn't he in the? First, he was in the pilot. He was in the pilot. Yeah, that's he right. Was in at least two.
1: At least one more episode. Maybe, maybe two. But he was in at least one more episode. They actually. There's a couple of episodes that take place in San Francisco, uh, which, where is technically, where they're headquartered out.
0: Yeah, of. that's their headquarters. They leave San Francisco. By the way, I think the most unrealistic fact is, for every episode, they leave San Francisco to get to where they are. Which is like "quote unquote" the Wild Wild West. At best, it's Stockton, California, which <laughs> is not what you're seeing on TV. Right. <laughs> was, I mean, but, it would take them three weeks to get to Stockton.
1: And, like, <laughs> and you know what? You know what's pretty. You'll see occasionally they're on trains too. Um, but one of the things I, I like is you know they have the little map thing, like in Indiana Jones. Oh yeah. Well, the guys who who wrote and created the series had worked on The Last Crusade. And so that's why you get some Indiana Jones feel with this.
0: Oh, it does feel like Indiana Jones.
1: Right out of the Wikipedia page. Briscoe was developed by Baum and Cuse at the request of Fox executive Bob Greenblatt and impressed by the duo's work for the script of Indiana Jones and The Last Crusade. So you get a little bit of that serial because it's very pulpy. Um, in fact, there's an episode that's towards the end of the season that is literally told by a father reading to his son. Almost, um, almost, uh, he's reading out of a pulp novel. You know those dime store novels that Western mm-hmm. heroes would have made about them or villains. Uh, but it's it's told in some ways like uh, The Princess Bride, where like it stops every few, you know, every scene kind of starts with the dad reading to the son. So they do a whole lot of these different things, because I think the Princess Bride might even come out around about that time, too.
0: Princess Bride came out in 89.
1: So, yes, but it's still relatively fresh. So there's they did a lot of great uh, devices. And of course, every now and then, Wickwire will show up with another new invention, everything from motorcycles to uh, a Zeppelin. And of course, there was most definitely <laughs> Led Zeppelin references. Oh, and- I'm
0: sorry. Princess Bride came out in 87, but still fresh.
1: Still, still
0: fresh. Back then, it was still fresh,
1: right? So, all right. So, uh, Bounty Hunters Convention was definitely fun. It was a fun one there. You got to see uh, a little bit more of a a, a north what, probably a Northern California coast look there.
0: Well, you, 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 what you saw was Lord Bowler start taking uh, from the episodes that I've seen so far. But Lord Bowler taking a more leadership role and and, and taking right. an initiative where where you really saw bowler and Briscoe, Briscoe started looking up to Bowler at that point. I well, feel like
1: they became partners. They uh, became partners. About halfway through the series they really started to become partners, helping each other out. Yeah which of course you see when we talk about the episode Hard Rock. Um, so you go you kind of they start off as rivals and mm-hmm. then kind of an uneasy alliance and by the end they're buddies
0: they're but buddies you're, they
1: you're, trust you're, each but, other i mean and, you know, if and, you were and to... has
0: a a, a a a vicious a vicious bark he does. but man is his is his uh i don't know his lick is his lick sesh, sensuous i mean you like
1: his bark is worse than his bite is that what you're saying I, no I he's know, got man. a terrible
0: bark but I mean, he he can hug. Uh, what what, what do you want? He's
1: got a soft inside. He, he's oh, got okay, a,
0: let's go with that. Yeah,
1: he's you know kind of one of these tough guys with a heart with a heart of gold. You know, he'll go out yeah. there, he'll wreck some dudes. Um, of course, and you see that in that hilarious cave scene in Hard Rock. Uh,
0: <laughs> All right, let's get to Hard Rock. So,
1: Hard Rock might be the funniest episode Of the entire series. <laughs>
0: This is where I felt like I was watching Army of Darkness, uh, <laughs> it, it, it is,
1: you, but you've got everything from organized crime to you know okay, you
0: know so 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 let's start. Old. So so Briscoe and Lord Bowler enter this town called Hard Rock, and and, because, and Bowler Bowler has has uh, some roots here with the woman that he met, um. Whom he never consummated anything because she was married, only to find out that her husband had died two years previously.
1: When they served in the army together. When they
0: served in the army together.
1: She was the wife of uh, an officer that he kind of fell in love with while he was supporting her while they were looking for her missing husband.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. But Bowler's kind of a traditionalist, and he... Man of honor.
0: Not not traditional, man of honor at this point. So they 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 get there, and oh, oh gosh, what's her name? I didn't write her down.
1: Lenore is her name. I can't Lenore. remember the
0: actress. So name. Lenore, she's she's a, a restaurant a restaurateur, and uh, she owns a restaurant, and she's being plagued by the these uh, uh, bandits, if you will. Uh, Basically, and... they're
1: guns for hire by a former gunslinger who. Is running a protection racket
0: right right I'll, I'll protect hondo you from all these yes
1: hondo I'll it's a nice you place you got here
0: things. right
1: the shame the shame if
0: it has to something has to happen to it about a, you, uh,
1: half the episodes of the a-team were, ran around oh, yeah. plots like this
0: yes so do you know how much that the townships were paying uh for $100 that hondo protection hundred dollars do you know how much that costs nowadays For what? For that what? same amount, like if we had to pay that equivalent. Well. Give a guess. Really. Give a guess. I know. I I'd know. Give a guess. Say
1: it's, and because it's a month, right? A month. I'd probably say it's anywhere at maybe ten grand a month.
0: Oh well. Wow. Now you make it. Now you make it sound like unimportant. Three thousand fifty dollars a month.
1: Well, that's still that's a, a
0: lot. That's a big sum. Think about it. That's just to give the idea. Right. Uh, that's a big Imagine being a business owner having to pay 3050 bucks a month for protection.
1: Well, yeah. I mean, that's probably most of their profits.
0: That, that is their all their profits.
1: On. So, Man. I mean, you're right. It's not a, <laughs> So... This actually is technically a bit of a bowler episode because it is a bowler bowler is the reason they come in there because now it's it because there's been several other times that they've had to go do something because of a friend of Briscoe's. But I think this is the only episode where we actually go to see somebody from Bowler's past. Yes. And that's kind of neat because they have a very sweet and respectful relationship Mm -hmm. and she's tough as nails and she won't give in.
0: No, I immediately adored her. I immediately adored her.
1: Yeah, she was Uh, great.
0: Of course, I don't have enough respect for her to know her name. God damn it. (laughs) Lenore. But but...
1: (laughs) in the town, there might be one of the most bizarrely hilarious characters ever put to screen.
0: Okay, I'm just gonna say it. Apparently, Elvis is a god.
1: So, <laughs> the sheriff of the town of Hard Rock is, is an Elvis-like Aaron, alike, Aaron, Aaron Viva. Viva Elvis Aaron <laughs> Presley Viva Las Vegas
0: Viva Aaron Las Vegas.
1: Viva. The guy does a pretty funny Elvis impersonation. So every yes. few moments he throws in like lines from an Elvis song, and then yep. of course there's play up of Elvis's uh, legendary appetite. Where he's just pounding food. There's always food in the office right next to well, his desk.
0: He walks up. He walks up to Lenore's broken window and goes, "Hey, sweetie, listen, uh, I'm famished. Do you mind if I get, um, you know, three steaks and a couple baked potatoes and, oh, yeah. uh, you know, it's lasagna? To- and, uh, you know, I mean, he lists off a whole bunch of food. Then he turns to Briscoe and he goes, You want anything, Briscoe?'" <laughs> and he goes, "No." And he's like, he turns around. Oh, and then I wrote this down. Oh, and make those steaks well done, darling. I don't want no pet.
1: <laughs> which is a great, which is a great one. Uh, I, I wrote that down. Aaron wrote that Diva down. is a hilarious character. <laughs> and by the way, and while I thought he was a one-off, he actually appears in the series finale. Um, which oh. Is oh,
0: that's nice. I like that.
1: Uh, it, it, it's one of those things where, you know. They have to put together a dream team to do something. So they -hmm. they collect up uh, Aaron Viva, uh, Whip Morgan, who actually shows up in like two more episodes uh, of the series before the season finale. Um, And uh, they get some help from Albert Wickwire, John Aston, And then, of course, Pete, played by the underrated John Piper Ferguson, who, and here's a great Star Trek connection. Do you remember the episode, Data's Day? Fistful of Data. Yes. So the guy who plays Pete, remember how in the original program they're supposed to capture this guy and then his dad comes in? Yeah. Well, one, that whole Western plot is basically there. there's a Briscoe episode that is that. It's not with Pete. It's an earlier episode where they go to Briscoe's hometown. I can't oh. remember the name of it, but Briscoe goes to his hometown to to try to save them from... The big rancher who's trying to control everything and his douchebag sons who keep murdering people. But the guy who plays the bad guy who Warf arrests before his dad tries to come break him out is John Piper Ferguson, aka a- 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 Pete Hutter.
2: Mm. And I didn't
1: notice that until I rewatched Fistful of Datas last summer. And I laughed my ass off because well, he's kind of Pete-ish, not- just a little bit more vicious.
0: Yep. Um, yep. I always felt he was a bit different.
1: That's Pete. And I yep. love Pete. Pete, who has an unhealthy obsession with his gun. My piece! Pete! Pete's Pete. Nobody, <laughs> nobody touches Pete's Pete. And he gets, you think he gets killed on like, he, he's in probably 10 episodes. And every time he shows up, he like, you think he gets killed. And then he comes back with some excuse the next episode. Why? Or because he, he like gets, shot in the in in the the series premiere and then he comes in weren't you gut shot
2: <laughs> i got
1: i got i healed i have less appetite i'm stronger <laughs> it's <laughs> all these the funny thing about chinese death stars he always has these little things
0: well okay so uh, okay uh, let's let, let's summarize Hard Rock, and then we could finish this up because, like, we've already talked about, like, basically the 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 gist of the series. So we got H- Hondo, you know, not to be confused with the guy from Clone Wars slash Rebels,
1: or the Great John Wayne movie. Hondo. Oh,
0: maybe that's where they got it from probably. Uh <laughs> that Which, was
1: by probably the way, Hondo Anaka is a, is a great character in Club Oh Lord.
0: yes, I agree. I agree. So they the uh, Brisco and and Bull are trying to 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 nail Hondo and, and for his racketeering
2: Correct.
0: basically. And um gosh. Well, I mean they, they 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 grab one of Hondo's people, Dan Gage, the character named Dan Gage. Yep. Who was the same guy that was the bus driver in Speed.
1: He was the bus driver in Speed, yes. <laughs> and then,
0: Which, that man needs to be in more things, because I don't see him enough. He
1: he does, he has this, he gives off this kind of creepy vibe, so he, he does play a lot of bad not guys. Not a
0: creepy vibe, I uh, know that was not at all my intention. No, no he's got I, a distinct I, look.
1: He does, He he plays good he in Speed,
0: too. He played both of those roles extremely well, extremely right. well. And I want more of him. I want more yeah. of him. Um, yeah,
1: he played, he, but, he did the bus driver role very well. as a guy yes. who won't put up with shit on his
0: bus. I
1: respect <laughs> that.
0: So, so he takes, they take Dan Gage, they uh, follow Dan Gage he, to the hideout.
1: Kondo's like chief henchman. He's the guy who does yeah. all the crimes for him, mm-hmm. but they catch him. And now they kind right, of the black sample. So they know where the hideout
0: or, is. Yep. But the then the rest out. of the gang comes by. Right. And then they 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 hide the Briscoe and Blore Bowler and a uh, few others. Yeah, Viva hide out in the uh, uh, a cave where the, oh, the no,
1: yeah it's Briscoe Whip because Whip screws it up Whips, like he yep. does. So it's Briscoe Whip, Gauge, and. <laughs> and bowler in the, the cave yeah. closed in trying to use all of the gunpowder from all their bullets to blow open the cage yep. when and this is a
0: great bowler Steve. oh my god <laughs> a giant black bear uh like l- literally okay i don't know if you saw this so black bears are not that big right no. but this black bear they made sure, sure to have that camera on the floor to oh, yeah. show how big that bear was, <laughs> and so they shot to Briscoe and Bowler, and they're looking up at this big bear. And by the way, the camera level at their level was at the shoulder height, and they're well, looking up. Like <laughs> and you know what,
1: Bruce Campbell was pro- is probably six feet, I think, just yeah. based on. But Julius Carey's probably six four. He's kind of thin. A little bit like Snoop, he's kind of tall and thin, mm-hmm. but you know. But they make, they they try to make him, you know, big dude, deep voice. Yep. And then he fights
0: that bear. And Bull <laughs> so Buller's good. like, uh, he only knows one one language. <laughs> he starts to confront the bear, and then he's then he grabs the bear by the bear. He fights the bear barehanded.
1: And of course, it you you get to see the classic. <laughs> You know, man in the bear costume fighting yeah. a, a human, um, but you only see the shadow from a, yes. from the light on the wall. So, it, so now it goes away from the the live bear to mm-hmm. the man in the bear suit, and they're fighting shadow fighting, which is hilarious. It's such <laughs> an old like silent movie trick. Oh, it's,
0: like, it's, it's great. true. It's true. Like so, so then he comes back, and Briscoe's like, "How did you do that?" And of course, Bowler's like, You don't want to know. He's got a <laughs> like his...
1: big chunk of fur hanging out. Yeah, the out big mouth. chunk of
0: fur there. Like yeah. He took like, a
1: big chunk. Like, Case okay. And bites bear.
0: Well, there we go. I mean, that's the point. We don't need to ask because things got weird. Things got weird. <laughs> There's a, in, an,
1: uh, in another episode, it's an orb episode. Bowler is trying to find Briscoe. And as he's tracking Briscoe, like looking through the dirt, he is face to face with a rattlesnake, and the tirade he unleashes at this rattlesnake might have, is one of the funniest things you've mm-hmm. ever heard. And then the snake kind of looks at him and like goes in the, <laughs> the
0: snake goes away. Yeah. Oh Jesus, that makes yeah, sense. Don't come that, back, you know. Jesus. So,
1: but so basically the episode wraps up with it turns out that Whip is Hondo's kid, and he's mm-hmm. after. Hondo because hondo killed his uncle hondo killed his own brother who was taking care of the kid while he was off being a criminal and the kid wants revenge but eventually because one thing you'll notice is that there are not a lot of deaths and they're very rarely shown i was just gonna say that
0: i was gonna say
1: that uh there's a lot of like when when hondo kills gage he, he goes upstairs closes the door and you hear the shot mm-hmm. and then it comes downstairs. Uh, you know, even in 90s television, you'd see dudes getting shot. You know, it was not like they were. I Father don't know. Father
0: Dowling him. Mysteries, a, a, a TV show about a Catholic priest and a I nun. I know
1: Father Dowling you, Mysteries.
0: You saw people getting shot and Fa- their blood Father spurting Frank out of Sister them. Steve. Yes. And you saw the blood spurting out of them. Like, but.
1: But this is very team like you know, where all these bullets fly and no one gets killed.
0: Yes, yes. And I I did love, I did like the idea. I mean, uh, Briscoe had every opportunity to shoot the bad guys and to kill them. But he didn't. He shot to disable them. He shot a sign which knocked a bad guy out.
1: And, of course, the old. Shoot the gun out of the hand. Try, yeah, shoot you know? the gun
0: because that works every time. But you know what? In in Briscoe's world, it does. So
1: <laughs> yes, there were very there there weren't a ton of live on screen deaths, and there was very little blood, even in these big fish fights. There's not right. usually a ton of blood. It's usually like the blood will show up at the very end, where it's like coming out oh, of the mouth, a little bit
0: out you know? the mouth or the ear yeah. or the nose yeah, or like something. That. Yeah,
1: so very she- very deaths, which is kind of neat, because Briscoe really did, he tried to bring in his prisoners alive. Now, of course, he's a bounty hunter, so sometimes it's more dead, more alive, but... A bounty
0: hunter with a code.
1: He was, and half the time, particularly when he was hunting down John Bly's gang, half the time he just, for Bowler's help, particularly when they were rivals, he'd give Bowler the reward just so he could make sure that they brought the, you know, they caught the bad guy, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh. So, Great series, Hard Rock is hilarious because at the very end you you still get Briscoe and Viva are saying goodbye, and then Bruce drops his <laughs> Elvis impression on him because in Bruce played a guy who thought he was Elvis Presley Bubba in ho the Tep. movie Bubba ho right?
0: <laughs> Which
1: is what was what was Bubba oh, ho Was he like a, a mummy cowboy or something? Oh, cool, I here. never
0: saw it. I never saw it, but I didn't. I I missed the I missed the whole. Bruce acting like Elvis when Elvis reveals his day glasses.
1: Right. And then yeah, like, they're the,
0: they're my, I like they're my day gla- I, I, I call them my day glasses. And then there's a pause. And I didn't notice. I, I mean, I knew I realized the pause, but I didn't realize that he did an impression of, of him at that point. Yeah. Right. Like, I oh, like yeah. them. Didn't he say I like them or I
1: like. Or something. Like, I like. I like it. Him. He dropped yeah. on Elvis on, and Viva's like, "What? What just happened?" Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so he he Viva and Whip do come back in the series in the season finale, um, and part of it is Briscoe and Bowler are falsely accused of treason and are hunted down by the army, <laughs> who's being led by Terry Bradshaw and. Like three or four other NFL players from the early 90s. Including, oh, my God. Including Jim Harbaugh.
0: No freaking way. Yes. You got to watch he's this he's my ultimate enemy, Jim Harbaugh.
1: There you go. Then you get to watch him lose.
0: God. Yeah. Wow. I got to say, okay, well, I was hoping that Whip would be with them for more episodes with the way they ended yeah, Hard he Rock. Yeah, up and like... Because he, well, he sounded... He just, it sounded yeah. like he would be recurring a little bit more, like they were like, "You want to, you want us to ride with you?" And he's like, "Yeah, if you can keep up." And then that's when Whip goes right. down. Yeah, you know? he
1: shows up in two more episodes. There's an episode that takes place in Vegas, in early Las Vegas, and they actually run in, run afoul of the Italian mob, which. You know, you've got you've got kind of like the hothead, Italian like mob wasn't out there at that. I point. Know, but it's funny because there's <laughs> definitely a lot of there's a lot of Godfather kind of
0: references. I know, it's fun to uh, do that.
1: And he takes place. There's one where uh, in the episode where, where Lee Pao comes back, and they're in San Francisco, and they're fighting against a Chinese Tong. Um, so Whip comes back, and Dixie comes back, and that there's uh, and of course.
0: They're all back in the series finale. Series finale, yeah. Treasons parts one and two. Yes. It's a it's
1: it's a fun ep it's a fun series of episodes. Plus, you get to see like them interacting with Viva and Pete and Pete and Whip are all together Mm. and you get the professor. It's funny, man. There's a lot of great episodes. The whole series I really enjoy. It's a
0: delightful. It's a delightful uh, respite.
1: It is, you know, because it's it's campy, it's pulpy, but you know, there's there's a message of hope. Briscoe's a very positive person. He yeah, and Wick even though he doesn't come
0: off that way right away, thinking about the
1: future. Well, he's smart though. You see, and and this is Briscoe really before Bruce Campbell has to basically act as Bruce Campbell for the rest of his career. Right. Right. Basically, this is him. Playing a character before he has to play Bruce Campbell until he plays Sam Axe. So mm-hmm. in that like 10 year period where he basically goes from playing, you know, and of course, don't get me wrong. His role as a in Hercules and Xena was always fun because he was such a smart ass. But he's usually that's playing, where I
0: was introduced to him, by the way, he,
1: he's usually playing very. <laughs> Uh, quippy, smart-alecky, roguish kind of characters. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jack of All Trades, which was another short-lived, delightful... I
0: love that Steve show. That historical
1: good. vignette. Uh, I
0: downloaded that theme song, by the way, back in 2000 on Napster. They I downloaded both it. Both
1: series have absolutely great theme songs. The theme song <laughs> of Frisco County, Jr., was actually used by NBC for years. Uh, yes, which was reused during coverage of the Olympics and in backgrounds for like big events. NBC it's a has a very
0: like, American like leaping song. It's, it's like
1: it's a movie score. And really. when you think about it, it's per, it, it's got such a almost cinematic Vibe to it. Oh, like, it
0: does. It does. It would, and I'm not accusing any any uh, semantics here or anything, but it is very similar to the Captain America theme.
1: Well, which of course they did on purpose from the original from the first Avenger, which was very '40s. Now, yes,
0: very '40s. It's very similar to the captain Captain America theme, though.
1: Uh, I believe. And I'd have to double check this real quick here, but yes, Randy Edelman, who did this, is also the guy who did Gettysburg, which had a phenomenal. Oh, my
0: God. Well, yes, but
1: those are and you can hear and they are were those both the same for, guy. Same year. So too. the
0: same guy who did Briscoe did Gettysburg.
1: He did. He did the last of the Mohicans.
0: Oh, my cousin. Gettysburg brings me to tears, man.
1: Yeah, he did. Yeah, he did a lot of great.
0: Uh, okay, okay.
1: Shit. He did. Yeah, no, he, he he has a lot of excellent ones. Um, oh, let's see. Oh, Shanghai Noon.
2: <laughs> well, he with, knew what uh, he was doing. There.
1: Jackie Chan, and of course, he came back for Gods and Generals, which was the prequel to Gettysburg, but. He did, oh, he did one of the mummy movies. So this guy's got some serious cred. And of course that, uh, that, that theme is, is it's almost very Indiana Jones like too. Oh, and yeah. you, get, you get some Indiana Jones vibes from Briscoe. He's a, he's kind of a thinking man. He'll, he'll perfuse, you know, he'll usually use his fists over his, over his gun. Um, He's an expert. Well, he'll, he'll use man. his
0: brain over fists, and if the fist, if the brain doesn't work, his fist does. And the right. gun is always a last resort, where he, he uses his brain anyway.
1: Right, because Briscoe is like a crack shot. He doesn't kill. Yeah, he really, he rarely does. Um, most of the time, it's um, incidental. So, you yeah, know, yeah. like the the bad guy ends up killing himself trying to kill Briscoe half the time. Right. When, when right.
0: Well, I got to say, this was this was a very delightful run down a, a few episodes of a series that should, in my opinion, have run longer. But I understand why it didn't, because of right. its niche and its death slot in uh, Friday at 8 p.m. Right.
1: But let me ask you, is this a show that would fly today, particularly if it was on a streaming service?
0: Yes, absolutely.
1: I think you're right. I think it would be a, I think this is a TV show. And then I know we've talked about a, a few others that seem ripe for reboots, but mm-hmm. this would be a good one. Maybe Especially you could have if you cut back, back the back episode play,
0: order to like eight or 10. Like, it, I mean, you well, cut I it mean, back to eight or 10, the production costs are not that much in comparison to what it is for like the expensive sci-fi shows now.
1: Or like a Game of Thrones or a Witcher or something. Yeah, no. But there's been a an uptick of limited series and modern westerns that have come out on streaming services. Well, even Yellowstone on Oh uh, Yellowstone!
0: My God, a masterpiece, by the way. And
1: I need to get into that because I'm a big I'm a big fan of Have you Have you
0: seen the pilot? I've only seen the pilot.
1: No, but I I do plan to get into it, especially since the prequel is coming out. Starring oh. Sam Elliott, Tim McGraw, <laughs> Faith Hill. As oh, the my assistant. God. So, I I mean, I, I'll watch just about anything with Sam Elliott in it.
0: Yeah. You need put to put watch Yellowstone. Stone, my God.
1: I specifically went searching for uh, the man who killed Hitler and then the Bigfoot. Because Sam yeah, Elliott did. was starring in it. And let me yeah, tell you, did. that it's movie on my watch fucking
0: list. rocked. Dude, oh, I'm was, sure oh, it did. <laughs> and it was, and it,
1: you think it's going to be really campy, like it belongs on sci-fi. Dude, this was pretty well done. I thought it was a really smart movie, because Sam Elliott, real, and he's been in comedies,
0: mm-hmm. but,
1: and of course, if you ever saw The Ranch, he was great in The Ranch on Netflix. Netflix. Larry the Ranch.
0: Miller. Larry Miller promoted the movie, The Man Who Shot uh, Hitler and the Bigfoot.
1: Yeah, and, it was. Good. He
0: couldn't sing the movie's praises enough. He was so proud of being in it.
1: He he was so, good. He was good in that.
0: Like he was uh, excited about that movie coming yeah. out. Like I had never seen that kind of enthusiasm in him before.
1: Yeah, and uh, Ron Livingston, is in it?
0: Oh, okay. All right, I definitely got to see that.
1: Aiden Turner as well from The Hobbit and Paul Dark. So.
0: Oh shit. Well,
1: wow. it's so it's it's it, 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 it it's got a small cast, but they're all pretty good. All, um, right, and, all right. And it's not it. When you hear about it, you're like, "Oh, this is going to be like, <laughs> you know, this <laughs> is going to be it's, either it's going to be like, um, you know, inglorious bastards, or it's going to be like <laughs> one of these really shitty ones on sci-fi." But no, it was. I thought it was really good. That's just me. I'm a big Sam fan, of course. I would love to see Bruce Campbell bring Briscoe back in some way because I don't he, maybe he plays Briscoe Senior or maybe he Because I, I I don't think he can you can, play, back to play,
0: you can Briscoe, play you can play play the wandering Oh, you did that right under the mic oh uh. <laughs> I'm just figuring this one out you can play you can play Briscoe 23 years later in a, in a dwindling west with him Ah, uh, marveling at everything that he predicted coming true,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know. What? And with an aging awesome. Western population,
1: the problem with that, and one of the reasons why I'm I'm worried that he, it maybe shouldn't focus on him, Bruce Campbell playing Briscoe, is because there's Julius Carey died like 15 years ago, and you need Bowler there. I think the series as a continuation. Would be sorely lacking without Bowler.
0: I mean, they could honor no, and I absolutely agree with your your loyalty to him. And I I love Bowler. They can can't, honor him.
1: Can't recast him unless you do a full. No, reboot.
0: you you're not gonna recast Bowler. He's gonna be what he is, and he he'll he'll have passed on. But you could do something with a sidekick. You could bring back Whip. You yeah. I mean, you can bring back anyone, honestly. Yeah. I mean, whatever. I, oddly enough, you can still
1: bring back John dude Yes, you can.
0: You can. I mean, he's still there. You know, he's sitting there after the Great War, you know, sitting there doing his thing. So anyway, my point, my point being, I would love to see the show come back on streaming. Yes, and it could still be done pretty well. If they have to fudge the years, they can do that. They they can easily do that. Well, but uh, see,
1: you could almost you could maybe jump it twenty years and set it. You know, on the Mexican border. Well, yeah, you know, during the whole Pancho Villa thing would be yeah, a good time. easily, for
0: that. easily doesn't have to be thirty years; It'd be twenty years. So yeah, but that's my point. That's my that's my point. So. But uh, this, this was a delightful run. Uh, I'm glad you a,
1: wa- were able to see deeply
0: delightful episodes. show, which I just, I, I did not find to be homework. And I, I found it, it was almost, it was almost, it was almost quaint, like going down a trip down memory lane, if you know it what was. I mean.
1: It, it was, but it was also, and yes, you definitely saw the 90s part of it. You saw, you know, kind of at sometimes the product of its time, maybe not going too far down the women's lib. But
0: mm-hmm. as you notice,
1: most of the female characters were not damsels in distress,
0: none of them were. no. the women were were written very strongly.
1: And was that was smart my and she was tough. She might have been the smartest one on the well,
0: the, and that, that was my group. criticism of no man's land is like like they're showing this 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 town of women. But it took two men and two and two phalluses, three men and three and two phalluses, to 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 free them.
1: I tell you what, I'll give, I'll I'll, I'll grant you that. But when you have them have to use Wickwire's invention to do it, I can't <laughs> say that. I mean, if you're gonna have John Aston in it and he doesn't allow himself to get weird and have a hand in it, I think. You know, they were probably like, well, could we or because there is an episode where where the women save the day and they get all the credit um, in a later episode. Uh, And there's a few. And of course, you get Dixie episodes are usually fairly strong because she's nobody's fool. She's tough. I mean, and she she makes men putty in her hands playing, you know, double she doubles people up pretty easily. Uh, but for the well, most part, yeah, I get it. You know, you're right there. And of course, no, it's an early episode. So even by the end of the season, the writing was better. The characterization was better. So, you know, it, watch, watch. If you can watch the whole series, I highly recommend it.
0: Full recommendation on my part. Full recommendation. Yeah, it is a heavy. fun watch, and you will not be disappointed
1: if you like if you like sci-fi, if you like Firefly, if you like Indiana Jones, if you like if the wild. If wild like westerns, even if you oh, don't like
0: westerns, even if you don't like westerns, if you don't like westerns, this is the western show for you. You yeah. will love it. So,
1: exactly. I can't say enough about it. It's one of my all-time favorite shows, and this was just an excuse to rewatch some of my favorite episodes.
0: Oh my God, you were so excited! So, oh
1: this is Futurama, <laughs> you know how much I love Star Trek and Star Wars, but the, to get to talk about two fantastic series like Star Trek, uh, like like Briscoe and Futurama, and obviously mm. Futurama does have a pretty good following, but Briscoe is one that needed it. that in space above and beyond. Yeah, I have. At one point, I took a look at my DVD collection and realized I had so many one or two season shows
0: (laughs) that I was like, no! You're that niche group. You're that niche group that no one can
1: find. (laughs) And of course, if they have some of my favorite actors, Nathan Fillion, you know, Bruce Campbell, you might see me looking into those.
0: (laughs) Well, I think that that brings us to the ultimate ending. So, DT, anything else you want to add?
1: Let's just keep searching for the coming thing, Bowler.
0: God damn it. That makes me cry. God damn it. (laughs) All right, well, that's the ultimate ending. And until next time, until then, you guys keep dreaming. We'll keep working. So long, everyone.
1: Look for the coming thing, and we'll see you on the high ground.
0: Those Sci-Fi Guys is an independent broadcast by AlphaSite Productions, produced by D.T. Cavman and P.S. McKay. Music courtesy of Kevin McLeod at incompetech.com. For more information on upcoming episodes, follow P.S. McKay on Twitter at P.S. McKay.